What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the cantina. I'll take a half-calf spotchka, lightweight. Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible. Or getting your pod racer serviced. My pod racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way. But there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, author of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, and Phasma, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Trust the Force. A Utini production. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. Episode number 53, Q&A. Be careful not to choke on your aspirations. On this episode, if a mini tree falls in the kitchen, does Corey hear it? Rebellions are built on hope. There's a new Disney Plus Star Wars series. Rebellions are built on hope. And the Utini team answers your questions. Hope. And now, here are your hosts. Oh, golly. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Hankel, and Wes Jenkins. Wes, we tried to do the uh, we tried to do the, the crate thing with with Ray with our first dog, and it was like Lady in the Tramp, straight up. Like we put him we put her in the bathroom in the crate, and it was <laughs> for like a solid hour. We're like, nope, oh, nope, into the bathroom. I, thought, like, I, I thought you meant that she went in the crate, and then a stray dog broke into your house and broke her out to have a love affair with her. <laughs> What the Lady hell? in the Tramp, that's what, what happens. Oh my god, what is in that Baja Blast? <laughs> oh, You've brought this upon chemicals. yourself, Corey. When I first got uh, when I first got Doc, I took a week off of work so I could like try to train him with the doggy door, and then I slept next to his kennel. Whenever he started whining, I would like shake it a little bit, be like, It's okay I'm here. It's okay I'm here. <laughs> and he he loves it. He he loves it now. It's his home. Man. Well, the only thing I love more than that is my home, which is the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to episode 53, everyone. Our one-year anniversary Q&A. Wow, we made it. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me this week are the doctors. We have Dr. Corey Helton. Hello. 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 Hi, Corey. We also have Dr. Charles <laughs> Henkel. Hey, buddy. What's up, guys? And we have Doc Brown, the dog's dad, Wes. What's up, Wes? Hey, what's going uh, on? Just, just another great week to talk about Star Wars and dogs and The Sims. We are here, guys. Fifty third episode. We have had fifty three a year 53. of weekly podcasts. That is at this point now. Last last week was our fifty second in a row. Yes, I'm glad that we named this one the anniversary Q&A because last week, live on the show, we realized that it was episode 52 and it had been a year, so that's appropriate <laughs> to to make this one the anniversary Q&A. So, yeah. man, it's been, a, it's been a good good year of podcasting together and Tini's going strong. It's been great. It's been a lot. I mean, imagine our first show, we were getting ready for Master and Apprentice round, the round table to happen. We, we yeah. had no idea what a Project Luminous was. We didn't know what the Rise of Skywalker was going to be. Like, there were so many things we now know. Um, 
I'm just amazed by it. But welcome to it. We're yeah. excited. Today we are going to uh, answer your questions. This past week we put out the call for questions in our Discord, in our Twitter, email, and we have a bunch that we're going to get to. We're going to get real silly. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're an hour earlier, so we should have conceivably more energy. Who knows? But bef- That means we can get drunk! Yeah, baby! But before all Just that... Kidding. Just kidding. You know it. You love it. PG podcast. Corey, how are your mini trees doing? Oh it's 420. God, Talk about them trees. Uh, <laughs> I've had multiple friends text me and be like, listen, man, I'm tired of hearing about your terrariums on the podcast. <laughs> but they're still listening, so we're going to keep Here's doing my, it. Here is my response to all of you. You're wrong. Terrariums are life. Literally. That's all I got to say. I mean, they're literally life, I think. Literally life in a jar. Terrariums are good. No change in terrariums. The big news in the Hilton household this week is you can't hear, if you can't tell by all the background noise, and if you're not live watching this, you missed all our, like, setup for this. I got a new dog. Yeah, puppy. His name is Kylo. Yes, a puppy, puppy named Kylo. He is an Aussie doodle. And small and adorable, and most importantly, hypoallergenic, because I'm all about that no dog hair life. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, he is so amazingly cute. Uh, if you're in our Discord, you've seen pictures of, of Kylo throughout the week. And I, what I love about you posting Kylo's pictures as well is it inspires everyone else in the Discord that has a dog to oh post pictures. Yes. More dog photos, please. I love seeing everybody's dogs. It's, it's just so happy. Like, nobody can say that sharing images of dogs is too much because it's awesome. Everybody loves dogs. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what's the most exciting part about this, though, is getting to confuse people who are Star Wars fans by making statements like, oh, Kylo chewed up Corey's shoe. Oh, Kylo peed on Corey's bed. <laughs> people are going to be like, what book or comic was this in? I missed all of that content. Right. Yeah, you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Kylo in my bed. I'm not a monster. I'm not going to put him in a crate. <laughs> he goes, uh, <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. All the Raylos are coming into this like, what? what? We love it. But, yes, very cute dog. Um, if you And if you watch our live shows, we're probably going to bring the dogs in a lot more. So we're very excited for that. Speaking of that, uh, I want to run down our upcoming episodes real quick. Next week, April 27th, begins part one of our Lost Stars roundtable. Um, this was a Patreon goal. We pushed it back one week so we can get this Q&A in, and considering we didn't want to do five weeks in a row of roundtables, but this is a very lauded book. I just finished my reread literally today, guys. Um, spoiler coming up. It's it's a basically a perfect book. I'm very excited to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so that'll be next week, and as well, the Monday after that is May the 4th, so that's going to mm. be... Our second part of our Lost Stars roundtable, but we'll also probably have a little fun because it's the holiday, the holiday of holidays. That's right. That's right. We, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put some thought into uh, planning out exactly what we're gonna do community wise uh, on May the fourth. We we've not really decided. It's been kind of crazy times with coronavirus and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to do something fun together, let's let's do it. Maybe we'll do a, a watch party where we all sync up or something at the same time. I don't know. We'll we'll do something. Um, you know, Dr. Helton famously got a little drunk a couple years ago and decided he hated uh, I Jedi. So that's where that originated. So, you know, that was on uh, that was on May the 4th. So maybe we need to repeat that somehow. Make memories. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. We got to do that it. Is, that is right. That It'll is be right. a blast. So we're looking forward to that. A uh, couple other updates. Uh, Patreon. Welcome, Patrick Beasley. We got a new patron this week. We super appreciate you. I uh, hope you're enjoying those extra episodes now you're getting including Bounty Hunt, which we released early this week relative to what we've been doing. 
um, we recorded our thoughts about the latest episode of The Clone Wars, about how much we love the Siege of Mandalore. Um, we got Legends Look back on there. I'm about to record a, an episode on the first Darth Bane book with uh, Jared and Freddy this coming Sunday. Keep your eyes peeled for that. And if you're at our Inquisitorious level, you've been, I th- hope and think, enjoying Ghost Crew, which is me and Charlie's new podcast every Wednesday. We've been going through Rebels. We got two episodes out so far. The feedback has been lovely. So thank you for that. Again, all those shows are you can find on our Patreon, patreon.com slash utini or utini.com slash Patreon for info. Uh, and this show, just subscribe wherever you get your dang podcasts. Speaking of all the extra shows, Eric, yeah. um, Charles did a cool shout-out today in our in our Slack team, kind of just giving a shout-out to our other uh, other podcast projects that we have going on. Obviously, Bounty Hunt, we've talked about. That's just that's just the three of us uh, doing stuff on Patreon. We talk about kind of anything that's on our mind in the expanded universe. We focus on the TV shows lately. But we also have Legends Look Back um, as well as the new Ghost Crew show. Mm-hmm. So like, if, you've never, if you've heard us pitch this all the time on the show, we have some really, really awesome team members at Utini that do these projects kind of behind the scenes exclusively for Patreon, and it's so awesome to, to see what an incredible job those guys do. So it's always good to give them a shout-out on the show because I'm really, really proud of the work that they do over there, and uh, we really appreciate you guys. So if you're listening, thanks for all the hard work you guys do at Utini, and if you're not a patron or Patreon a patron of Patreon. There we go, already. buddy. Man, that's a mouthful. Um, you're really missing out by not getting over there that on that cool content. So check it out. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of that, we don't have any huge new book news this week. We did, however, get some news about May the 4th. Speaking of which, uh, we are going to get a brand new documentary series on Disney Plus about the making of The Mandalorian. It's going to be... I think eight episodes, if I remember correctly, each episode is going to go into a different factor of the show. So like a cast episode, a director episode, uh, all kinds of things like that. Real quick around the horn, guys. That is coming out. What episode or what like kind of area of The Mandalorian are you looking forward to most is like to get a full episode behind the scenes? What are you stoked about? Ooh, I don't know, man. I, this was such a nice surprise. You guys told me about this like the other night, I guess, yeah. and I didn't know this was happening. I don't know how I missed this huge information. Um, man, all of it. I'm just really, I'm really most excited. I think to hear, um, to hear uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau just kind of nerd out together about Star Wars because it's no secret that John Favreau is like huge into this, but we've not heard him say hardly anything like about Star Wars. He's kind of a quiet guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. really jacked to just hear him like nerd out about how excited he is to do this project. And it's, you know, I'm always pitching how awesome the uh, documentaries are and like just seeing everybody be super passionate about what they love is awesome. And I can't wait to see that from, from John. For sure. That's going to be really cool. Wes, Charles, yeah. what do you think? I want to see the tech there. I think they've only named what half of the episodes are going to be. Yep. And, one of the episodes that they have said is happening is focusing on all the technology they did. And just, you know, from what we've seen up till now about the behind the scenes stuff, is they're really trying to make it, you know, practical and, and kind of a lived in universe. A lot of the things that George was going for back in the original trilogy. And I just, I love seeing how they accomplish those kind of things because I can't wrap my head around it. Uh, so getting a whole, whole episode just dedicated to that is exciting. Totally. Wes, what do you think? What's what's uh what's making you all excited in your bones? Yeah, I'm behind that. Um I wanna see if they have an actual working prototype of IG eleven that 
that they Ooh. either used and didn't use, like they didn't use CGI on. They actually had the mechanical workings of it spinning opposite directions, so in the arms moving back and forth. I don't want to see if they have that build. Something, That'd be something awesome. Freddy, something Freddie C could build. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Freddie Freddy probably has an IG droid just because he's bored. Uh <laughs> Personally, I I, I want to see an episode about the music. I want to like I remember it was so different oh, yeah. when it all came together, and it was like yeah. it caught a lot of people off guard. But by the end of it, that theme was like so ingrained in my mind. I want to see a whole thing about about composing that. And I'm always a nerd for yes. those John Williams, like you said, Corey, in the regular documentaries. Anything with Williams, I'm a sucker for. So this is gonna be cool. Uh, looking at the chat right now, we got Ian who says he can't wait to see the doc for the Tatooine episode specifically. Like, see a lot of that nostalgia would be super cool. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely all about <laughs> that. And Camilla just got here, so welcome. Glad you made it to the show. We're chatting Mando at the moment. Absolutely love yeah, that stuff. That's going to be really, really good. What a nice surprise. We're getting some behind-the-scenes making of something so awesome on, on Disney+. Plus. Like. It was going to be a bit of a dry spell, I think, mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future on Disney as far as Star Wars goes. So, man, nice surprise, man. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, May the 4th. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of cool stuff, as we always do on that date. Uh, but who knows where they're going to go beyond that. But we know we're at least getting Mando, so be sure to tune in for our thoughts about that. Now we want to segue to a couple book reviews. Uh, as always, we wanted to remind you, if you have read a Star Wars book, you can head over to utini.com. You can search for it, click on its complete book details, and if you scroll to the bottom of its page, you can find a section where you can leave your own star rating and review. We've had a ton of people doing that lately, so we wanted to highlight three reviews on this show. First one we have is from Aaron M., who reviewed The Crystal Star, a book we have never talked about on this show before. Uh, gave it four stars and says the following. Look, I know everything about this book is weird. The cult led by Waru, Han's old girlfriend, Luke's trouble connecting to the Force, Leia and Chewie going undercover to search for the kidnapped Solo kids, Hethrier, Tigris, and Rollo, etc. But, as a kid in 1994, I loved it. I had the audiobook on cassette and must have listened to it over 50 times. What I really liked about it was the insights into Leia's thoughts and feelings as a mother, rebel, and chief of state. Four stars for the Crystal Star. Hmm. What do you guys think? That's a bold, bold praise for the Crystal Star. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I, when I saw this come into our uh, into our Slack, we get we notifications about the reviews. I knew I had to put it in the outline because this is yes. a book that is talked about in slightly hushed tones. It is. It is. It's up there with. Um, oh man, what's the Legends Look Back episode they did a while back of uh, the first Star Wars book written? Uh, oh, Splinter of the Mind's Splinter. Eye, yeah. Splinter of the Mind's Eye, <laughs> yeah. Crystal Star is up there with Splinter of the Mind's Eye. It's easily being one of the weirder uh, Legends books. Have you guys read this one? I would. I have not. Be no. Sur- I would kind of be surprised if you guys had. I read this a long time ago. Um, it's weird as hell. It's like barely Star Wars. Kind of like the way that the uh, the old like Marvel comics are like barely Star Wars, like He Man almost. It feels like that, but it's awesome. And that's my favorite part about Legends is so many people come from this experience of even, you know, it, that's the bad part about the internet is you get older and you find out that the stuff you love, other people hate, and that's how people feel about the Crystal Star, unfortunately. But I don't know. It's got its own place as being weird and unique and in a time in Star Wars lore in which there just wasn't a lot of information. So everybody was just happy to get whatever they got. And I don't know. It feels a little bit like uh, like being a hipster when it comes to Star Wars. I've read some of this stuff. So, yeah. Good for you, Aaron. Yeah. Love what you love. Get that crystal uh, that crystal star love. Uh, always wrap your favorite books for sure. Uh, next review this week, we got uh, Nathan 
who reviewed Queen's Shadow, uh, one of our most talked about books on this show, gave it four stars. A bit of a lengthier review, but I really loved how it was written. And he says, As a fan of world building and character development, this book checks almost every box for me. E.K. Johnson takes extreme care in building out not only Padme and her struggle adapting to a new political system, but also the galaxy and its intricacies in the early days of Palpatine's chancellorship. Unlike the other politics-heavy book in current canon, Queen's Shadow is less action set piece and more character beats. When the character beats are as impactful and handled with as much care as Johnson shows to these moments, that's totally okay. The novel also gives a surprising amount of world building, both on the political side but also on things as surprising as wardrobe design and art production. Perhaps my favorite thing about the book, though, is how much these character moments and lore nuggets inform the world at large. I remember sitting for 45 minutes after I read chapter 16, realizing just how much that chapter specifically altered the way I saw the entirety of Star Wars. That's what this book does best. Touch almost every era of the saga and add to it. It does for Padme and company what the Clone Wars did for the, uh, for the clones. Shows them in such a new light that the next time you watch a prequel film, their story hits completely different and much more fully than before. That's what an EU book should do. That's what a lot try to do. This one just happens to do it extremely well. Mm. Great review. I know. <clears throat> so yeah. well written. It's it pretty is. much better than the two-part roundtable that we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it had to that I, one, obviously. I think I disagreed with everything written in that review the first time I read the book, and after the second time, I agree with it. So, oh man, the wonder yeah, of you, rereads. If, if you've uh, if you haven't gone back and listened to our Queen Shadow Roundtable, that was a lot of fun. That was the first book that all of us agreed to like reread. It was a Patreon reward, and um, we all had a completely different experience. Eric did, and he loved it the first time. Charles and I not so much, but we definitely fell in love with it the second time we read it. And Star Wars Expanded Universe is all about man is picking the stuff that you like and sticking with it. 100%. Hey, speaking of that, our last review of the week is from Emma, our Irma Jedi 26 Emma, uh, who reviewed The Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition. I mentioned the reviews during the roundtable, but I wanted to read a couple of them as well. She gave it five stars and simply says, This book has left me speechless. Carson's writing is simply mesmerizing. The book felt smooth and easy to follow. The last few chapters of the book were spectacularly written. I enjoyed her description of the be-with-me scene and what was happening in the Force at that moment. Speaking as someone whose favorite character in all of Star Wars is Rey, I thought she was incredibly well-written. The big space battle at the end with all the ships calling in made me super emotional, and I also thoroughly enjoyed the extra scene that Carson added about Zori's journey with Babu Frick off Kijimi. Honestly, the one thing I have against this book is that I wish it could have been longer. I love The Rise of Skywalker more and more each time I watch it, and this book made me like it even more and gave me a new appreciation for a few small things in the movie I wasn't too keen on. All in all, this was an entertaining read with great insights into scenes that felt a bit rushed in the movie. Well said. Yep. 100%. Kind of echoing everything <clears throat> we said the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I don't think we really dived into uh, Zori Bliss and Babu Frick and all that stuff on Kajimi super well in our three-part roundtable. As if it could have been needed a part four. <laughs> I know needed a part four, but man, yeah, he totally hitting the nail on the head as it adds to stuff. And we all wished it could have been a bit, a bit longer. So you know, nice review, yep. Emma. Excellent, excellent. And again, if you want your reviews written on this show, as we said, all you gotta do find your book on Utini, give yourself a star rating and a review. We'll read some on the show in the following weeks um and finally before we get into questions last thing i just want to do another real quick reminder if you want this show and you want those patreon exclusives we talked about earlier for five bucks a month 
you get become a guardian of the wills on our Patreon. You get Legends Look Back. You get Bounty Hunt for $10 a month. You get the Ghost Crew. And you have an access to our Aftermath live shows. After every single show, we are going to go live just hanging out. Kind of just shooting the shit with each other. And if you want to see us a little more unfiltered and a little more non-professional, if that's even possible, uh, then you want to join that Patreon tier. All right, boys. Are you ready? Are you ready to dive into these questions? Yeah, I'm buddy. Ready. I've been ready. I was born ready. You? I was I was cloned ready. You were cloned born ready like a uh, omen <laughs> harness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's dive into it. We have a couple questions today. Again, these are from our Discord, from our Twitter, from our email. And we're just going to bounce around and see what happens. First thing we have is from Ian Alvarez, who I know is watching right now. Ian, thank you so much for this question. He says... Hey, Corey, Eric, Charles, and Wes. Bonus points for putting Wes's name in the question. I just had a question. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, if you were to pick a different villain for Episode Nine to replace Palpatine, then who would it be? Now, he went on to mention a bunch of options. He says, like, Kylo Ren being the villain, Snoke returning, the son of Mortis, Snoke having a secret apprentice, Palpatine, but as, like, a messenger, like, in the Battlefront games, an evil Rey, the mother of Mortis, a completely new villain. Like, a bunch of different options there. If we had to pick a brand new villain, they said, all right, guys, we did the Palpatine draft. We're throwing it out. What are we going to do? Hmm. This was an excellent question. This was probably my favorite question that we got um, from everybody uh, because he. I really hate that we can't read the whole question because it's super long because he had a lot of really cool arguments here. He did. Um, a couple of things I think we should talk about very briefly is some of the rumors surrounding the rise of Skywalker. Uh, it it was said that they consulted George Lucas for this film, and George Lucas like really insisted on using the son of Mortis as the primary villain of the film um in the uh colin trevorrow script which they have which has been leaked online now they had kylo ren kind of being mostly the villain mm -hmm. um i haven't seen anything about snoke returning and i don't know anything about snoke's apprentice do you guys know anything about that what uh, is that all about i don't again it sounded like a like more of a random <clears throat> rumor like you know yeah, okay any little leak things interesting Personally, um, you guys know this from listening to our uh, discussion about the Rise of Skywalker. I was never a huge fan of Palpatine returning. I've, I've come to accept it. Um, I would have really liked to see Kylo Ren as just the primary villain. He had a change of heart at the end. I think that had a beautiful story, and I think a lot of folks kind of wanted that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to agree with you on that, too. I love the Son of Mortis. I mean... Mortis is one of my favorite arcs in the Clone Wars. That being said, if they threw the entire concept of Mortis plus the sun and tried to bring in all oh the... I, I think it would have been incomprehensible to a movie-going audience. Yeah, um, because 100%. If we watch those Clone Wars episodes, it totally works, but you can't expect um, a movie-going audience to have to do extra homework, I truly believe. So I agree. I think having Kylo be the main villain would have been a lot of fun. I like the fact like of him just being the kind of brutal person we see at the beginning of the film, like uh, especially the way that Ray Carson writes him in the book, and having Hux, and even um, Grand Admiral Pride, he can totally stay. That's totally, or Allegiant General Pride, that's great. I like him being in there. And Kylo just going so far off the rails that when the Ray confrontation happens, you still have him like redeeming and turning, but now like the First Order essentially is too is too big of a machine. And he's like, oh, no, what have I done? And then he has to work with her to kind of take them down. You can still have to sacrifice if you want. Do whatever you want there. 
But I think having him be the sole villain is would be the the most fun option for me as well. Charles West, what do you think? I think if if you're just asking me what I would want and not like what would work, because I agree with everything you said there, Eric, my answer would be the son of Mortis. Because mm-hmm. really, I lo- yeah, because make I an love- argument for it. I want to hear this. Well, I mean, so for again saying this is just what I want personally, I'm putting in all this time into the Clone Wars and Rebels and all this other ancillary material, and to see that paid you know, back to me in a story at the level of a movie. Like, yes, everything is canon nowadays, but we also understand that what's consumed by the masses is kind of viewed as, you know, general knowledge and pop culture and, like, you know, I don't know, in some ways the zenith of Star Wars, yes, right? Yes, that's mm-hmm. a good way to put it. Um, I would love to see the material that, that those of us who are humongous fans take time uh you know, to put into learning these stories, I would love to see that material translate to the big screen. And I think the son of Morris was a dope character. Like he oh, would be a awesome. great villain. Especially since yeah, Matt I mean, Smith was like rumored to play him. That was the whole thing. Yeah. That, he would have been great for and sure. I'm a big, I'm a big Dr. Who fan. You know, I would love to see Matt Smith find his way into star Wars. So, you know, I think it would have been a lot of fun again. It wouldn't have worked. So for that reason, it's not what would have been a better option than Palpatine. It's just something that I would have loved to see. Right on. Uh, I want to call it uh, Cheryl. Wes. I want to call it Cheryl in the chat Get- real quick. Oh yeah, because she says a great idea. We didn't say. Uh, she said, "I totally thought it would be Hux, and that Hux was going to be responsible for Leia's death, and that he was going to mm. out Kylo from the supremacy." And I'm like, "Yeah, that would have been a very interesting character arc too." Now, I'm I'm not sure if you guys have all seen. There is a really neat sort of uh, short, like ten minute animation of sort of the the uh, unfilmed Colin Trevorrow script. Yeah, that yeah. Leaked. Yeah. I have no idea how accurate it actually is because I mean I've, I haven't actually laid eyes on the Colin Trevor script. I've looked for it. So I don't think it's actually publicly online. Maybe I'm wrong. If you have a link to it, send it to me. I'd be interested in reading it. But um, it totally has like Kylo Ren and Hux kind of going at each other in in the film, and like it's it's pretty interesting dynamic the two of them. And I fe- I think the Last Jedi set that up really well. And I'm honestly a little surprised they didn't go down that route. Uh, to be honest, yeah. Uh, but definitely we- a lot of cool Wes, options. I want to hear a controversial opinion from Wes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I thought the the secret apprentice from Snoke would be interesting, kind of like uh, a backup plan. So he knew mm-hmm. and he saw that uh, that Ben was unbalanced and conflicted. So he had this somebody in the in waiting in the wings. Um, but more importantly, the real uh antagonist would be a consortium of uh bb90 and dj atop <laughs> the throne of the sith with the powerful sith fleet to destroy the resistance <laughs> wonderful yes bb90 you, you, you needed a ride right? consortium <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes that's uh, 100%. so kind of going off of this question which i think I mean, that's what this episode's for is just to kind of speculate and be be stupid do you guys you know being totally frank here you know, I don't. I know we never talk about anything wrong with the Last Jedi at all. But real question: Do you think, from a storytelling perspective, it was a bad decision to kill off Snoke in the second of the three acts? Uh, ab- no. Oh, and, I, and I'll say what? Really? No, I, I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's perfectly good because I think that Sno- having Snoke be the vessel for, um. It's gonna be the red herring for Kylo actually being the bigger deal. 
I think works a lot better because I think it, it it stops Kylo from just being another Emperor archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that switch was like, oh wow, and led to the really cool character moment of Kylo having that vulnerable scene of like, Ray, please join me. I'm afraid. And then when that door got shut down, it allowed him to double down on being evil and brutal. So I think for mm-hmm. that character evolution, I I really dig it and. I, whatever they did with Snoke, I don't think they could have elevated him to Emperor level epic evil. So yeah. the fact that they didn't even try to do that and they killed him off in order to let Kylo advance, I think it was a great choice. I think the most upsetting thing is that we didn't get Snoke in a hat in episode nine. <laughs> but you're right. In all ser- in all seriousness, though, I think that it it made sense from a character perspective for Kylo Ren, specifically for his character. Yeah. I mm-hmm. also think it was reckless to kill Snoke and then be like, okay, go do whatever you want with episode nine. Yeah. I, no, I yeah, not a plan in mind. That I can agree with. Mind, yes. for sure. Reckless is the best way to put it. I, I was a little, I was a little iffy on Snoke as a character from the beginning in general. I think he's a really cool and interesting character, but you know, to come out of the out of the gate really hot with like another emperor level villain without any backstory with episode seven was a little bold and mm-hmm. maybe yeah. I don't know the right way to do that. And you know, so in uh in the in the legends timeline, right, the the next big sort of villain that ties into the Skywalker like family line and all that stuff is Jason Solo, right? Or uh, yeah, 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 Jason, Jason. Solo. Sorry. All the, all the names are the same in Star Wars now, so I have to. I hesitate every time I name somebody. Yeah, Jason Solo in this in in Legends, like kind of becomes a Sith Lord and is is Han and, and Leia's son. Like they borrowed a lot of that stuff from Legends, and obviously Kylo Ren was inspired by that character in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But he is sort of like a he's a lot like Anakin in a lot of ways. Like he's like a military kind of leader, um, and like he kind of just makes decisions. He's got kind of flowing, of gorgeous of, hair. I don't know if he d- does. He, I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have two eyes um, and a soul, Corey? Of course he does. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he like goes off the deep end and like kind of gets turned to the dark side and stuff, and like kind of gets tied up in the in the politics of his parents and like disagreeing with sort of Leia's philosophy on government and stuff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that kind of feels like a more interesting story a little bit to me than randomly having Snoke. Like, yeah, I don't understand. I still don't understand. I'm not supposed to understand because there's no content that says it. Where the hell does Snoke come into all of this? Like, how is he tied to the first order and why does he exist? What is his origin? Like, I don't know anything about Snoke and it still bothers me that we had three entire films and I don't know a diddly shit about Snoke. Uh, who now we're just supposed yeah. to write off as not being important no, at all. I do want to uh, point out that Ross Orlando in the chat makes a great point. Ever since I saw Snoke in that hat, he's been extra dead to me. So, uh... <laughs> 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 oh, oh, yeah. Well, we'll, 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 I, I definitely think we're going to get more Snoke content in the future. Um, as far as going uh, more with Ben's early stories, um, especially if y'all haven't read the, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic where the um, the magical hat does come into play. Uh, we did a whole episode yep. about it, and I can't recommend that enough for Someone that. needs to make a fan edit of The Rise of Skywalker, where in the last scene, when Rey looks over and sees the Force ghosts of Luke and Leia, there's just also Snoke in a hat behind <laughs> them, just, like, nodding with a half-smile. Oh, yeah. Wait, can, can Luke and Leia also have the hat? Can they all be wearing the <laughs> same hat? <laughs> 
God, Carl in the chat just said that Snoke's origin was a crock pot on Exegol. <laughs> <laughs> you turn him on low heat for like uh, 45 years. Oh, my God. Oh, Perfect. Okay. All right. All right. Next on. question. We're going to do another question. Then we're going to take a break. Um, let's do – I'm scrolling through here. Let's do a question from Joxy. This is a, this is a bit of a thinker. He says, so without putting much thought into it, this, this is going on gut here, without discussing parameters first, which characters define the transitions from A-list to B-list, B to C, C to D? So, like, we have our A-list characters of Star Wars, right? We have our B-list characters. Basically, only canon characters, right, from all mediums. Who's, like, the mm-hmm. last A-list character before we hit the B-list? Oh, jeez. Oh, great. Oh, you got to read the last bit here. Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, and then he says... Um, so I want to know who falls at the bottom of the A, top of the B. Does that make sense? Looking for gut reaction, only canon characters, but we can include from all mediums, films, book, TV, comics, and video games. Mm, okay. Fantastic. So, okay, I'm right from the gut. I'm going hard. I think Lando is the bottom of A list to B list. That's the first person that came to mind. I okay. think Lando's B list. That's my hot drink. Oh, I don't know. Um, Charles, gut, go. Bottom of my Bottom of my A list. Uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna say Finn. Okay, Ooh, my snap, bottom Wes. of my A list, I think, is my uh, my gut says three PO. Okay, mm. okay, Wes. Bottom of my A list, Poe. Poe, interesting, interesting. All right, so then top of the B, I think my so I'm gonna then do a little bit of a cop out. Top of my B list is Lando. Only. Yeah, because okay. yeah, top Probably of my B list, list is Lando. No, so all right, hard hard answer here. What defines a C list character? Because I I don't think I can go further than C. Can I tell you my is, top of is... my C list as much as it pains me? Yes. I think yes. it's Bail Organa. Ooh, what? Really? No, no, follow me. He he's an A list in my heart. But like as far as like then he's time, then he's an A list character he's for like you. In the, if Lando like, is characters, if Lando is B list, okay. Lando is in the B list, I think, or Bail Organa might be the top of the C list. This is our personal list, though, right? Like, we're not saying objectively, like, this is an A list Oh, no, I'm saying objectively as far as, like, literally, like, not favorites. I'm talking about, like, as far as Star Wars characters, like, importance to the general saga. Okay, 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 C list. All right, who's bottom of my B list? Now, I can put Bail in the B list. Don't get me wrong. Like if you can argue me into it, but my gut says he's 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 leading okay. the sea. Well, this is supposed to be gut reactions, it is. and that's why I think I the top of my B list is Lord Santeco, which is crazy to me. Whoa! Because wait, top of your B Lando list? is on you. Yeah, man. Because B. Listen, oh, come on. Listen, listen. <laughs> Hear me out. All right, go. These are characters who I had like a very special moment with in one medium or another whether it's the poe dameron comic or whatever like they really hit home for me but they right. didn't do this consistently and so they're not an a-list character for me but i do think i'm looking at this list slightly differently than you guys like this is pure who are my favorite characters i don't care what they meant to the saga or to anyone mm-hmm. else this is just mm-hmm. purely do i like these people and how yeah. much do i like them so you've been given the rules right. of the question you said i hate that i'm gonna make my own rule and do it this way we never <laughs> we never established we never established any rules until like two seconds ago and they were really flimsy at best <laughs> All right, controversial opinion. Mace Windu is 100% a C-list character. I'll allow I'll that. I'll allow that, yeah. <laughs> wow, like, we're like, wait, yeah? 
And basically, the rest of the Jedi Council, with the exclusion of Yoda, is like 100% not even on the fucking list. <laughs> no, I'll put... I'll what about put, Kit Fisto? I'll put Kit Fisto. some of the Council no, no, on C. Kloakun? He got killed in like Klo-Kun? two hits in Revenge of the Sith. Come on. Yeah, more oh, like two killed... seconds immediately dead. Yeah, come on. Kit Fisto? More like killed Fasto. That's, yeah. that's his name. <laughs> That, he makes that stupid sound when he gets. He's like, like okay, on. so it, it's Kit not even on my list though for Corey. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, I'm on the Kiati Mundi list. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> all, right all right, we've already moved past this joke, Eric. Let's move on. All right, please. no. So let's let's take this question. Uh, keep. I, I'm seeing in the chat a bunch of people are putting in their lists. Ross says Boba Fett is like C or D list. I'm. At, Ooh, I think that damn. I think that nails it. Paul Matthews says A list R two D two B list everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keep arguing about your list in the chat. I want to hear all your thoughts. We are going to take a quick break uh, to refill. Corey's going to make sure Kylo hasn't peed in his bed yet again. We will be right back with more of your questions. Be back in a sec. Uh, hi guys. It's uh, this is George, and um, I I'm uh, I'm a director. I make I make movies, and I'm. Gosh, I guess I'm here to tell you about a about a book that I wrote about a movie. I right? Is that a okay? Yep, yep. Uh, uh, it's called Star Wars: uh, A New Hope. It wasn't the original title, but I uh, but it's what I liked, and they made a, a book uh, about the movie, and it's it's by Alan Dean Foster. It has my name on it, George, George Lucas. That that that's my name, uh, but I didn't actually write it. So there are some scenes in there that I decided to put in later. Um, and then some I took out later because the the movie is a living thing. So I I, I just want to make it the best movie it can be. So I guess uh, you can read that book and on what is this? You 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 teeny. Oh, it's like it's like what the Jawas said in my movie that I made in the seventies. That's that's pretty cool. So go on, uh, you teeny, and get the get the new hope the novelization. Okay, and then uh, I guess these guys are gonna talk more now. Okay, bye. And we are back. Welcome back, everyone, to this exclusive anniversary Q&A episode. We are on to our next question from our good friend, Timothy, who says the following. In Attack of the Clones, there are three beasts in the arena, the Akle, the Reek, and the Nexu. Which beast represents which host and why? (laughs) Alternative question, which one of the three would we rather have as our personal pet floof? So let's remind everybody what those are, because some people might not know them by name. Yep. Right? The Akle is like the praying mantis. Yep. The well, giant insect. Obi-Wan fights. The Reek is like the rhino, essentially. Yep. And the Nexu is like the cat-lion hybrid Coyote. thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How do we? I don't even know how to answer this question. I know how to answer this, Corey. You're 100 percent the reek, okay? <laughs> reek? Yes. What the hell does that because, even mean? Because the reek is super distractible and just charges well, I mean, its stuff. Wait, just a and that I is totally really you, bro. uncomfortable with how no. good of a reaction that was. You're no, proving it right listen. now. You're charging right at him with your words. Exactly. Oh my! You go God. like 100 percent at whatever catches your fancy. May I? May I present to the jury terrariums? Uh, oh my God. That is that you, you bro. A... You go, you charge a hundred percent at whatever catches your fancy, and that's exactly what the reek does. Yep, I got, a, I got a big fleshy neck with like warts. You don't have to it. look like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do, but that's beside the point. Uh, Charles, I'm I'm gonna make you then the acclay because you're a little more measured in what you do. You like wait for your opening, and you and like. 
the guy, the guy, especially when he gets electrocuted, he turns around and goes, "Hey, stab it!" And, and that's like, to- that's you. That's what I would say. Yeah. And like, to Corey's hey! point, I am. To Corey's point, I am tall and spindly. So <laughs> true. Uh, and I'm an insane jungle cat that just wants to uh, t- attack people and uh, and rip their clothes in half. I suppose. Because, Is that me? Right. Because you have that's four accurate. eyes. Yes, <laughs> I have four. <laughs> I have four eyes. And I'm therefore in next middle, What is this, middle school? Up. All right, Wes is also 100% a reek if we have to go there. <laughs> yeah, because uh. I feel like, Wes, you're a reek in the fact that, like, people can electrocute you and you'd be like, oh, God, fine, boom, boom, boom. Like, you're, 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 you're dense and muscular and uh, would absolutely just ride around with Obi-Wan on your back. So what I read, so which, what Anakin, I read was he gets, the reek gets... Red in the face and in the shoulders whenever it is malnourished and doesn't get enough meat. So <laughs> that sounds like you. Corey today. Corey, go get that steak, brother. In the microwave, <laughs> waiting to be eaten. Oh, oh Paul brings it up is. a great point. The reek does destroy the Nexu uh, by hitting it with its horns. So you kill me. Yeah. That That's that true. was coming at celebration until it got canceled, guys. <laughs> Unofficially. Uh, Unofficially. Celebration has not been canceled. Let's, let's yeah. clarify. We're not, not breaking yet. that news. It's ca- but it's going to be I canceled 100%. My flight. I canceled my flight. Celebration is canceled. <laughs> uh, alternative question. Which of the three would we want as our own personal pet? If we're like, all right, you got to raise one of these three. None of them. What the you hell? You got to. Yeah. <laughs> you got to. Um, Nexu. I feel like I maybe be trained. Only because I recently watched Tiger King. <laughs> All right. Oh, my yep. God. I like the Reek because I like to, like, ride it places. I think it can be pretty You want to ride Corey places. I do. That's I want to show my Corey's That's what back. I heard. That's what I heard, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, we, we, oh, we got to be careful. YouTube's going to pull our video again. All right. Next question. Uh, PG. about Shmi. PG. All right. No, no we're going to ride this train. Andrew Bell writes in. He says, in an, alter- an alternate universe, Lucasfilm and Del Rey have announced that E.L. James, writer of Fifty Shades of Grey, has been brought on to write a standalone Star Wars erotica novel. Corey Charles and Eric have been hired as creative consultants. What does each host name the book and give a brief description? Oh, my God. I've um, not seen these questions. <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know how to react to this. Um, okay, so so we're sitting around the we're sitting around the the, the story group, and they said, "All right, this is the canon erotica." Brainstorming, brainstorming yep, yep. names, canon erotica. Uh, maybe like the, the lake reasons? by Naboo. Is that a fun like? It's like it's a sexy oh. little title. It's just it's just yeah. called the lake I by was, Naboo. I was going to be more straightforward than that, and for the sake of propriety and keeping my job, I'm not going to describe what happens in this story. But uh, <laughs> I would I would use a Star Wars quote for the title. <laughs> And it would be called "You May Fire When Ready." Mm. Ooh, nice. Mm. Ooh, I will also then right. say, "Judge me by my size, do you?" That's a fun one. Are we just are, are ah. we just doing Star Wars quotes now? Okay, no, yeah, I, pretty much. I, I'm, I'm, All right. So first thing that first things that come to mind yep. are um, are an, an erotic novel between a Jedi and a Sith, and we're just going to call it "The Force." Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Perfect. Or or. An erotic novel between Palpatine and his lovers to create the son that was not a clone because we didn't know that until we read the book. Yep. Um, and that book is going to be called Through the Dark Side, Many Things Are Unnatural. 
that. <laughs> I think it's I unnatural. That's a good title. Just unnatural. There we go. You remember unnatural. the episode of the Clone Wars called Lightsaber Lost? I present to you oh. Lightsaber Found. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, hear me out, Lightsaber Lost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to give Carl a shout out from the chat for saying Fifty Shades of Ray. <laughs> and, oh, my God. Uh, I, told, thing- I, told you, I told you guys on Twitter that I stumbled across, like, I was, like, trying to figure out what Raylos were all about. And I was, like, I was like looking up what the Raylos were into, and I stumbled across somebody. I think it was Mar, actually. You, guys, you guys remember Mar? Who was, I like, do. All into, yeah, 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 Mar. got Twitter famous. Mar shared some, like, dark star wars erotica and oh like i i read like the first three chapters like oh this is kind of mild and then i got to like the sex chapter and it was not mild <laughs> at all it was like it was it was 50 shades of gray 100 yeah oh yeah so Ch- yeah cheryl writes in the chat uh she is a Raylo famously uh she says just ask me cheryl on a scale of one to ten uh how steamy does uh does the does the Ray Laura Rada could get. And while that lag is happening, I also want to propose that in 50 shades of Ray, uh, every story goes a shade darker and sexier. And in every shade, she and Finn are still just friends. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what. Oh, God. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So we are, we are flirting with the line of this video getting taken down. So we're going to go to another, <laughs> another, uh, another question. Let's see here. So we have, um, we have a couple. So we get one from, from Juliana, who I know is in the chat right now. Uh, she says, uh, on this past Clone Wars episode, Obi-Wan states that the treaty between the Mandalorians and the Jedi has been active for hundreds of years. Do you think we'll get there during the High Republic? Do you think we're touching Mandalore at all? And before we answer that, Cheryl does say the fanfics are intense. So much steam, you do pass out. Uh, so that's on Twitter if you want to go there. Lightsaber lost. Damn right. So Mandalore, do we think we go to Mandalore during the High Republic at all to see some of these treaties? Listen, Disney is milking the shit out of Mandalorian stuff. Right yes, now. they are. I think I, I think they would be stupid not to do something with Mandalore. It might, it might be a little harsh. I think I would be surprised if they don't do something with Mandalore in some way, shape, or fashion. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. They've put so much time into it in multiple different shows now that I think we're going to be seeing Mandos pop up. You know, in various things. I'm still laughing at the chat right now, y'all. I can't. <laughs> I need to look away uh, from so, it. So intense. What have we done? Yeah, what I, have I, I done? I, I could see us going going to Mandalore, but I think it's going to be a, a couple waves in. I think that they're definitely going to take the first wave of High Republic books and comics are definitely going to be about, like, new planets, new characters, like, really establish it on its own. And then we can start to bring in some familiar stuff because I know they don't want to lean on it too quickly you know like how the first episode for the first season of rebels was all on lothal because they really wanted to establish lothal as being a thing and then we can kind of expand it outward to the rebellion i think it'll be a similar thing to that okay it's fair so fair. we hope so but yeah we'll see more mandalore we'll see. i'm all about it a uh, couple other questions <laughs> oh man uh sith pig had a great question <laughs> in the discord how would you guys rank the movies in terms of soundtrack What's our what, or let's so let's Ooh. let's specify it even more. What is your favorite individual movie soundtrack? Which film? I can't do that. I can do riffs. I can't do individual soundtracks. Okay, okay, like, we'll give you we'll give you riffs. What are some I of your agree. favorite riffs? My favorite the riff, Jedi steps. 
Do what? Jedi the steps. The Jedi steps. I love that piece of music. From Force Awakens. When Rey is walking up the stairs of Octo to go meet Luke. Yeah. Okay, interesting. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. I think um, all the music that happens, my my two favorite pieces of all Star Wars music are um, the famous Star Wars riff that we get of Luke Skywalker looking off into the the twin sunset. Binary sunset. Probably one of the most, binary sunset Mm. is one of the most iconic pieces. And it gets me every single time. It makes me feel very... Like if you want to, if you want to make me cry in a Star Wars trailer, whether it's animated or not, play that riff because like it gets me every single time because it just it's all the nostalgia in one little bit, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that that came from the genius that is John Williams, like in this first Star Wars film, is is incredible. I love it. Um, my other big piece of favorite music is my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars is is Yoda training Luke in the swamp on Dagobah. So all of that music yeah. is really 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 good too. Yoda's theme in particular, yep. yeah. Uh, I'm going to join some chat people here. Uh, we had a lot of love for Ray's theme. I'm going to agree to that. That's one of my favorite themes in all of Star Wars. It's it's the singular theme that got John Williams back to do the sequel trilogy because um, yep. he wanted to write for her so much. And then I'm also going to agree with uh, Camilla, who says the March of the Resistance. Um, that like that piece of music when the X-Wings are flying on the lake towards Maz Kanata's castle uh, gets mm-hmm. me so... So Force yeah. Awakens actually as a whole might be one of my favorite soundtracks um but i also want to give a huge shout out to the solo soundtrack is actually one of the ones i go back to the most if i'm just working um mm-hmm. i know it's not williams Interesting. it's it's a <laughs> it's a little heretical but i i really love uh how the solo one is kind of a little more adventure a little more fantasy-esque like i, I like the differences um that they did with that and again uh rogue one as well so the, the anthology soundtracks i think have been a plus yeah. I, I think it, I think it would be foolish not to give an honorary mention to Duel of the Fates and like yeah. Phantom Menace as a whole because like they had to totally change gears with the soundtrack with that film and Duel of the Fates is probably one of the most, if not the most, like well liked iconic Star Wars songs that people recognize. Like, yeah, I'm still mad that it was not in in The Rise of Skywalker. Still, yeah, yeah. Oh, that being said, Juliana brings up a great point as well. Ben and Kylo's theme. Uh, like how Kylo's theme changes in the Rise of Skywalker, especially to that major key to get when Ben, yeah. you know, is redeemed and stuff. How they play with those themes is really cool. Uh, a lot of awesome Star Wars music, and I guess based on what we're saying, um, every trilogy has its own unique themes, and they're all freaking dope. Couple more questions. Let's see here. Yes. Okay. So the question that I asked is from Trevor on our team. Uh, he says, I have a genuine question. If you could pick any major character, plot, story arc from Legends to be recanonized, what would it be? And we were just saying that like a lot of times when people ask this question, they come to it kind of from a negative place. They're actually asking, like, like you know, canon is not as good as Legends. What should we bring back? And that's not what we're asking at all. Um, so what, what sort of arc would you guys bring back? Uh, I'm bringing back Bane for sure. I mean, it is it, – it's, it's, it's not – it's almost not not canon at this point because people like keep thinking about it so much. He's been mentioned in Clone Wars. He's mentioned all over the place. The rule of two is so known. I really think that um, it's a cool. It would be a cool story to bring back. I think it's really well written. I think it encapsulates a lot of great legend stuff. Um, yeah, the Darth Bane trilogy. That's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sort of gut reaction was to go with um, the Kenobi book because it's it's gonna yeah. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna fit pretty nicely in with the existing stuff. Um 
like pretty pretty well. And I, maybe I would change my answer after we get the uh, TV show. Ooh, right? because great point. It's gonna fill in. It's gonna fill in a lot of that content. But you know, yeah. I think I, my initial like gut thought was Paradise Snare, and I was like, yeah, but you know, obviously we can't do that because now we've gotten Han's backstory. So I'm going to take a page out of Eric's book, and I'm going to say Darth Plagueis because Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we could have that still be canon. Like, why not? And it's a great story. Yep. Uh, looks like in the chat, Ross is right there with you. Uh, Juliana has some Jaina. Jason Love, have them be raised twins. Go forward. You know, bring them back oh, later in the very timeline. Clever. Very clever. That could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. I'm, I'm like looking at my bookshelf. I'm like, let's see. What else? Um, you know, Revan. You know, he's again, mm. he's one of those mm. ones that keeps coming. Um, Very interesting all that we're darts. all definitely sticking to content that would fit in with the canon timeline. That's I wonder true. if that's like a is that a gut reaction? I wonder why mm. we wonder why we do that. I think honestly some of the best content is fairly standalone in the timeline. I mean, I really like the legacy stuff in Star Wars, the Legacy of the Jedi series about mm-hmm. Jason and Jane and all that kind of stuff, but it's very complex. There's like nine books, and I don't really think you could fit that in with the existing content really well. So. Oh, hold on. Ross Ross has the correct answer. Guys, it's Corn Horn. Oh my! We gotta God. bring him back. Get the hell out of here, Ross! <laughs> oh my God! Ooh. Star Wars is canceled. <laughs> or Mara Jade. Uh, Cheryl brings back a great point. No, yes. I make a lot of people happy. A lot of great stuff in Legends. All good answers. Yeah. Good characters. All good right. Characters. Good plots. Let's, let's do a let's do a couple more here. So our our buddy Timothy T thirteen has a question, and he says, "The Jedi and the Sith are but two sides of a chance cube when it comes to four specific religions in Star Wars." Is the Force truly with those two? Or could another sect possibly come up and be the better light side or the stronger dark side representative? For example, when Maul is away from the influence of Palpatine, he seems to be kind of off his game, not as strong. And the Jedi who leave the Order also seem to not be very strong when compared to Vader in the comics run. Like, he always seems to overpower them pretty immediately. Um, do we think that the Jedi and the Sith have like tapped into the purest essence, or are they just the best we got? It's a good question. I think it. I think the the simplest answer is that when you're training under a philosophy, you are. Well, the Jedi is the best example of this. Like, you know, they have, like, sur- they're surrounded with other people also doing the same thing, right? So the entire Jedi Order is all doing the same thing. So that brings a level of discipline and expectation and sort of a lifestyle with it that makes you stick to it. I, I guess so that's the first thing that comes to mind. The second thing that comes to mind is like. We have other Force users in Star Wars. The biggest example of that is the Night Sisters and the Witches of Dathomir, right? So, ooh, I don't, know. yeah, totally. The Night and the Night Sisters like kick total ass, like especially when yeah. compared to like Dooku. I mean, she almost Dooku almost dies multiple times because of the Night Sisters. Mm-hmm. Although the droids do wipe the floor with the Night Sisters, and so far the only people that we've actually <laughs> seen use the Force, the Night Sisters, are. Uh, uh, the, the 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 mother mother Talzin Adventurous yeah mm-hmm. mother Talzin Adventurous does the, the rest are they force sensitive I don't actually know that that's a great question I'm not I'm not entirely sure I I think I think they got it and they're in tune with the force in some way like the magic has to come from the dark side itself and we got what was it Marin in Jedi Fallen Order yeah too? that's true so. I think the answer to this question honestly just lies in the fact that the major characters that we get are Jedi or Sith because that's the story that 
we're told. Right. And so, of course, they're the strongest characters, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any innate reason in the Force that we would have right now that would say that, you know, you, you will be a stronger Force user if you agree with the doctrine of the Jedi versus the Sith. Mm-hmm. I think they're just two ways to look at something that we view as, like, mm-hmm. two sides of a coin. But, um, you know, it probably is more like a chance cube. I think, like this prompt said, there's many, many different ways that you could look at this, many sides that you could land on as a Force user. And I think Ray was actually starting to find one of those ways. Mm-hmm. You know, she took on the mantle of Skywalker, but not necessarily the, the mantle of Jedi, at least in, in the, the meaning of the word Jedi before her time. Yeah, and there's a couple in the chat right now uh, that are being brought out. Uh, a couple of very big Force people, including one, the Bendu from Rebels, who could potentially be described as almost the epitome of the Force itself. I mean, he seems to be the most kind of just keyed in uh, to the yeah. Force. He doesn't really care about the Jedi and the Sith, light, dark. He just is the Force. So I really like that, as well as the Mortis Gods, who we mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, the father, as we see him, is literally bring, trying to balance the light and the dark side energies total, and they're they're very much beyond the Jedi and the Sith. Yeah. So I think that we I think to answer this question as a whole, we have seen stronger versions of both of those in like the Bendu and the Mortis gods. Now, whether when we go to things like the High Republic, um, maybe we'll we'll visit planets that have different you know Force religions that tap into those easier or even in things like Thrawn Treason we saw the Chiss uh tap into the force in a different way that is for their second sight and their third sight stuff right that isn't even Jedi or Sith so definitely something there that's a good point all right a couple more questions we had two more uh that I got my list we're gonna get through in this episode again I want to say real quick before we get into those thank you guys so much for these questions we love this kind of direct communication, it's kind of some of the most fun stuff we get to do. We're going to do more of these Q&A episodes in the future for sure. But being able to do this on our one-year anniversary of this show is super cool. Thank you all for these questions. Thanks for hanging out and chatting with us so much and putting up with a lot of technical stuff. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. Second to last question from Paul Matthews earlier in this chat. He says, if you are stuck on an island with one Clone Wars character... Who would it be? Rex, gut reaction. I like this gut reaction thing we're doing. It gut- makes me. I don't have to do as much work. It just, it just blurted <laughs> out. Just say things. That's right. Rex Anakin. is good. Anakin. He's the chosen one. If anyone's going to get me off that damn island, which is my goal, it's going to be him. <laughs> that's a great question. What is your goal on this island? Because if you want to get off the island, that's a good point. I feel like Rex is a good one if you're just like, well, we're here. I think we're just going to hang. <laughs> He's a good, yeah. Um, I'm going to say, this is tough. Maybe Padme. And hold on, hold on. Whoa. Hold on. What the It's F? not, hold on. It's not because of that. Um, I think as far as, like, you need a person that is very well-rounded. So as far as, like, a good conversationalist, Padme, Absolutely. Uh, someone that is very resourceful. If you want to get off the island eventually, Padme is a great planner. Um, and she has a lot of different skills that would have a lot of different ways on the island with Padme. Uh, Her bathing suits would have hidden armor and weaponry within them. Also so true. That would be my queen's <laughs> peril, if you know what I mean. 
Uh, Ross makes a great point. Rex will not <laughs> let you not survive. That's true. That's true. All right. Oh, and Juliana what, says he was able to send a message in that weird planet to Yoda. Yeah, that was in the um, – oh, what was that? He he made like some improvised um, communications beacon. I forgot what it was, but yeah. Rex Rex is a great who, choice. Don't get me wrong. That? Rex, Rex did. did that? Yeah. What episode was that? I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds right. Um, I love Rex. You just made that up. I love the Rex. Although Anakin, <laughs> I do like the fact um, Charles, you know what a, an island is surrounded by? Water. <laughs> sand. sand. It's, it's not surrounded by sand. <laughs> it is sand. It is You're sand. You're trapping Anakin on the epitome of hey, his hatred. Guess what? Extra incentive to leave, guys. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Anakin, doesn't this suck? It's get it's getting everywhere. Alright, great point. Alright, folks, we are gonna end this episode with a, another question from Juliana. It's 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 a little bit of a thinker, less of a gut check one, but still a great one. She says When force bens- when force sensitive beings try to tap into the force, does it open up like a like a Y? Is there just a dark and a light? Can you only tap into one or the other? Like, is that why Ahsoka can't feel anyone after Order 66? There's obviously dark side people, but is she only trying to access the light? Or is it like a big pool and everyone is just kind of swimming there? Um, She says she also thought Obi-Wan was meditating most of his time during the isolation. So why couldn't Ahsoka find him? What are the the rules we think about sensing people in the Force? Hmm. That's a very good question. That's a great question. I, I... I really like what we kind of talked about in our last roundtable episode on the Rise of Skywalker of like, like Ray draws on the light side of the forces, draws on her love and passion for the people she loves and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, rather than just kind of peace and serenity, like the Jedi kind of preach. And the dark side, you obviously draw on your hate and anger and passion, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. all, you you pull on those things. So, like. <clears throat> Do you have to either pull on the on the light side or the dark? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, because we have we have gray. The concepts are kind of gray in there somewhere, and whether or not that's canon is a whole other story. But I don't know. It's it's more of a philosophy of how you use the force. Whereas the Sith use the force like a tool, and the Jedi use the use the force like a. God, what's a good example? How do the Jedi use the Force? Well, the way I always think about it is that, like, the Jedi, when they're using the Force, especially to sense things, they're opening themselves up, and they're just trying to listen. I feel like it's like a radio signal. They're like, I'm just going to listen, and then if the Force wants me to know these things, I can give it an idea, but ultimately I'm kind of subjecting myself to the will of the Force. Whereas mm-hmm. the dark side is like, I'm going to take this, again, like you said, Corey, this tool, and, and I'm going to bend it and it. use it, which is more direct. Yeah but it's also a little mm-hmm. harsher. So, like, I think to answer your question, Juliana, about why can't Ahsoka necessarily find Obi-Wan or why can't she hear, I think that at that point, the Force itself, the pool, if you will, is filled with so much dark energy and chaos that if you're just listening, that's kind of what you're going to get. Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah. like, if you're the dark side, Vader can sense Luke on the ship because he's, like, looking, he's, like, opening up and he's bending. He's like, look for this. Look, 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 look. And he can make it work for him, but that also tarnishes his relationship with the Force as a whole. You know. Yeah, I question too whether there's a conscious part to it, like how much of your self Ooh, you great project. Point. Just because Kenobi would have wanted to not project his Force essence, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that actually really stuck out to me from the Rise of Kylo Ren comic was 
the Padawans who come back and find Kylo in the destroyed temple cannot sense Luke. And so they assume he's dead. But we know that Luke is alive. And they say that he's normally like a shining light through the darkness, essentially. So like, right. why couldn't they sense him if he was alive? Was it because he was not consciously projecting himself? I don't know, but it's just a thought. Yeah, because Luke does. I mean, he cuts himself off from the forest. One of the in the last Jedi, you know, when she's like, "I sense this whole island, but I can't sense you." There's nothing. It's not even dark. It's actually the absence. And then the second Luke opens himself up, he can speak to Leia from across the galaxy. You know, yeah. so and that's just letting himself open to the to what we assume is the light. Yeah. So I think it works point. in a couple also, different ways. Also, I think it's been fairly well established in Star Wars, both canon and legends, that to actually find a specific individual in the Force, you have to you have to direct a lot of energy towards that single individual and like to touch them in the Force, right? Right. Like, like you know, so unless unless Ahsoka happened to be sitting down at the same at the same time that Obi Wan was meditating and intentionally try to find Obi Wan in the Force, kind of knowing at least where he was in some general vicinity, maybe like mm-hmm. I think it would have been very difficult just to quote unquote sense him. You know what I mean? Like, right. So I don't. know. You know what's interesting too is we know that Yoda is kind of hiding on Dagobah because there's so much life there that it kind of covers him up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we also and, know and, that and when Alderaan. And the next dark side energy around the cave too. Remember that's in the right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when when Alderaan explodes, you know, uh, Obi Wan really feels like all of these non Force users kind mm-hmm. of disappear. So like it's it's not even just Force users; it's also their surroundings. It's just it's everything because the Force is everything, right? So well, and I think that's what makes Yoda um, ultimately so wise. I mean, we give him a lot of crap on this show, for just for, you know, justifiably so. He messes up a lot. But his ultimate training is hundreds and hundreds of years of listening. And he's basically yeah. like, I'm trying to just listen to the Force. And maybe if you listen enough, you are eventually able to individually recognize how every person sounds, how, like, how to kind of like wade through the light and the dark. But it takes years and years and years of listening. Because if you truly aren't imposing your will at all, then you can probably sense everything you need. But, like, you're naturally going to impose some part of your will because you're, you know, you're at some point a selfish person. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's a great question. And I and I honestly do think, to wrap that up, I do think we are going to get a lot more Force lore, uh, how it works with different Jedi, how it works with different people in the High Republic uh, books and comics because that is when the Jedi are supposedly at the height of their power, right? So, I think it's definitely a good point. Yeah. Man, excellent, excellent questions. A, a huge variety of questions, folks. We got Force Lord questions. We got erotica questions. We got animal music, <laughs> movies, um, everything we could think of and more. Um, and there's going to be more we didn't get to. But, y'all, thank you. Thank you truly from the bottom of our hearts, not only for sending in these questions, not only for listening tonight, but for listening for this whole year, for making this show a thing we can look forward to every single week. We're going to keep working on ways to improve it and build and expand. Um, and we're very excited to have you all along for the ride and bearing with us every time we need to adjust a stream. We need to adjust a mic, a camera, whatever it may be. Uh, but it truly does mean the world. Charles, Corey, Wes, any final thoughts on this? Our first episode of our second year of the living forest. Mm. Yeah. 
I have just an initial thought. I just want to say that the community is every bit as big a part of this as any individual member, you know, from Corey on down to the rest of us plebeians. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like really, it, it gets me so excited to see new people popping into the Discord and introducing themselves. And that's been happening a, a lot recently. So thanks to all the new people that are joining. But really, like, the community is the is the heart of Utini and the heart of the living force and getting to do shows that are based around what you guys are thinking about and what you guys want to talk about is a, a really big joy. I think for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, uh, we, we initially kicked this thing off. We, we've changed so much over the years and to like, to be where we're at now where we have so many people to kind of just hang out and, and talk Star Wars with is awesome. Cause it like, you know, we're all internet strangers, but Discord is blowing up all the time, and I love popping in and out of there and when I get time and that sort of thing. But, like, I feel like I have Star Wars friends now, and it's awesome to have people that also share a passion for the things that I like. And we're all here together, and we all have the same attitude about this, and it's a ton of fun. And we just – it's 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 continuously humbling and a huge honor just to be here with all of you. So, you know, that goes for you guys, too, in this podcast. I wouldn't be – we wouldn't be, Utini would not be where we are without you guys specifically. So thanks for all the hard work that you do. Absolutely, man. Wes, any uh, final words of wisdom from our friends before we get on out of here? It's been a blast. See ya. <laughs> it wouldn't not be a Living Force mic. show if Wes didn't mute his mic. <laughs> that is correct. That's <laughs> totally <laughs> right. <laughs> Wes is just yelling at the camera. No one else can see. I just said Nope, that, uh... still can't hear you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted anyway. to say that I quit and uh, y'all have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was quiet, but we heard it here. There we go. There he is. He's out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo it all. This is in, in a year that has brought me personally a lot of professional craziness, um, personal growth challenges like Utini and the Living Force has been such a wonderful constant in all of it and i i'm so excited every week to do this show and every day to jump into the discord to jump into slack to play battlefront to read these books to to watch these movies to make jokes to see the puppies to learn about turn up prices on animal crossing i don't even play animal crossing <laughs> um it's just wonderful and thank you all so much i can't wait for the next year with you all it's going to be the best and on that that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you're new to this show, we hope you loved it. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Every week, we're going to talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. If you want to buy any books on our site and you want to support us, you look that up on Utini. There's an Amazon link there. We get a couple cents. And if you go out on TeePublic, we got shirts. TeePublic.com slash Utini. Marvelous things there to help us out. If you are an Inquisitor tier or up in our Patreon, head over to Patreon right now to join us for Aftermath, our after show. We're just going to hang out. We're going to talk all about this stream, how it went. If you're already on Patreon, now is the time to upgrade. If you're not an Inquisitor or yet, you got time to make it into our live Aftermath until I am done speaking. A special thank you to Drew Iberando and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council and Timothy Dunlap and Ross Orlando on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Charles is at C. Hankel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing, amazing editor on this one. Freddie, our producer, and Wes, our co-host and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Wes for podcasting with me. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There's joy. 
There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Cove. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.